Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Friday, yes, my day, because I'm feeling amazing, despite some obstacles in my path to get here, which I'm going to tell you guys about. I'm feeling great. I'm going to have an amazing show because we do amazing things around here. And let's get it all started with what's up with that dude. Well, last night I went to our kids' school's charter night, right? So this is not back to school night. This is not parent-teacher conference like I meet with the teachers more than the teachers meet with my kids, actually. Like my kids see my the teachers fewer times than I see the teachers. This is how private schools roll, right? That's why my kids are at home right now again. Ashy ankles and all. So you go to charter night, which I learned. I never heard of this. Not at 54th Street Elementary School where I went, where I had them lunch tickets. We <laughs> I don't even remember PTA up in there. Nothing. But uh, it's a different world, different era. So I show up to the charter night. And it's MJ and I. And what it was is really like this museum of arts and crafts that you're trying to write down mantras, right? So they asked the kids a few questions like, how do you want to feel when you're around your family? How do you want your family to deal with obstacles or problems, right? And the kids got to write down three to five things. And then we make an art project out of it. And then we take it home for display. It was amazing, right? Ah, it was so good. Uh, great bonding time with my kid. At the same time, I'm rolling my eyes because y'all know me. The worst thing I am at in this world, the worst thing I possess is the ability to draw. Uh, the arts and crafts of life. I am the worst. And so I'm looking at my son and I'm employing my son like, yeah, get it going, dog. Like, it's on you, bro. This is your school. And he's scribbling. He can't write like that well. I mean, he misspelling words. And then I say, that's the word right there. Write that exactly. He writes it this big. And I was like, the paper this big. So now we got problems. Uh, it was great, though. Great bonding, man. Just to hear his responses, his results. He wants a loving family. He wants a pleasant family, right? Uh, he just wants to be happy. So it was good to hear from his mouth even though you can't really see that once you see our project because it looks a mess um after that this morning uh had to take the kids to the doctors the two girls are still sick um feeling a little better um on the way to the doctor i get pulled up whoop, whoop. i'm like oh damn police got me right now they got me 
because I was driving while texting. Oh, don't y'all dare judge me. I know what y'all saying. You driving and texting while the two girls in the back? Let me tell you what happened. I was actually leaving the light and my daughters were yelling and screaming at me, Daddy, Daddy, the iPad. What happened was they clicked out of Wi-Fi and now I had to give them my personal hotspot. So in the process of doing that at the light, I was doing it and then whoop, whoop, I was oh, come on, man. And that's what happened. He caught me slipping. And the craziest thing about it was, I'm so nice to police officers. Like, forget whatever stereotypes out there. Like, we supposed to hate the police. Or they supposed to hate a uh, black man or whatever the hell. I'm like, Psh. hello, officer. And, and I'm answering every question. Like, yeah, I was. I'm so sorry. I was doing this. And he was just like, kind of caught off guard. Like, damn, this is kind of cool. So we just start having a conversation. Crazy, crazy. I thought I was going to get off. I thought I was going to either be the nice card or, hey, don't I recognize you from nothing? Uh, that didn't work. Uh, so only thing that happened was a fan drove by, gave me some props. I thought that would work. Like the dude, I'm like, dog, you didn't catch that. The dude just said, what's up, Wiley? What up? Uh, and that was that. So I got a court date or whatever the hell you're supposed to do with Travis Ticks. I have no idea. Um, other than that, I got a call with my social team. We are creating not only a membership community for you guys, but also another show called Hydration Situation. Y'all know what that is. We're going to grab us a little sippy, a little drink. Um, the fans, you guys are going to be my co-hosts, right? We're going to be split screening this, three screening. I don't know what the hell they call it. All of that's going to happen with you guys as my co-hosts. And since I wanted to be a teacher and counselor growing up, I'm going to have my chance to do it. They remember the love doctor I used to do on Dan Levitard's show. We could talk about anything and everything obviously sports as well so look forward to that with you guys and joining my membership all right let's get into this story oh my man cameron who i love dip set dip set ow love cameron like no diggity he is like probably on my mount rushmore of favorite rappers not best rappers favorite rappers just get me hype every single time that said um, he owns some bullshit right now. I'm talking about he can beat Mario Chalmers one-on-one -on -one in the game of basketball. This is coming off of comments that Mario Chalmers obviously in the news for talking about LeBron. Nobody was scared of playing LeBron, Chalmers said. Well, Cameron says to Chalmers, I'll tell you one thing, Nito, and you know Nito means ninja, which means something else, right? That's why I ain't playing the video. Nobody's scared to play against your ass. I'll play you tonight. And when I caught that, I said, I got to talk about this because there's too many fans out there, too many pro-am kind of cats out there, too many intramural kings, too many guys getting run at the Y, too many dudes at Venice Beach think they can make the crossover and get to the NBA and actually do something against them dudes. I'm here to tell y'all you didn't make it for a reason. <laughs> Those dudes are all black belts. Every single dude in the NBA is a black belt, like in all pro sports, and you're not. You're a brown belt. You may be a brown-red belt. You may be feeling like you're coming if I just worked a little harder, or I didn't get caught up when I was younger, or didn't have that baby too early and got distracted, or chased those girls, or got caught up in the streets. Whatever you're going to say, you can't stand a chance. You do not stand a chance against one of them cats. And let me give you an example of this. This rule is steadfast. There may be one exception, one exception. Maybe T.O. could beat Udonis Haslam or when he was in his prime. Maybe T.O. because that's the only dude I've seen that didn't play in the NBA. I was like, he might could have done something. I don't know. 
But the rest of y'all, shut up and listen to this. I was in one of those celebrity basketball games. Y'all know me. I can't play. So therefore, I can recognize who else can't play. Like all of y'all compared to Mario Chalmers, right? So I'm in this game. We're down like 27 at halftime. T.O.'s on the other team. Let me just tell you that. And he going ham. He going broke. Every time he playing one of these celeb games, it's a tryout for the the 31st team in the NBA or wherever doesn't exist. T.O. trying out, right? He doing too much. And we had Brian Scalabrini on our team. Y'all know who he is. White Mamba. Yeah, he gave me some flip-flops and all. It says White Mamba, literally. Racism flip-flops. So anyway, love Brian Scalabrini. And he on our team chilling. I'm like, Brian, you know me. I'm always going to speak my mind. I'm like, Brian, why don't you just win the game for us? Take over. What the hell are you doing? He was like, dog, we just out here chilling. I'm good. T.O. ball, let him go. I was like, Brian, come on, man. Come on. You know what he went out there and did the next half? Scored every single point. I think he scored like 58 points <laughs> and was blocking everybody's shots, was doing windmill dunks, etc. etc. Brian Scalabrini, not taking a shot at him, wasn't an all-star, wasn't a beast in the league. And that dude embarrassed everybody when he decided to do it. You ever see one of these dudes in the NBA, the ones that don't play, warm up and, and shoot around at practice if you're privileged? These suckers don't miss. So do not get it twisted, Cameron, as much as I love you on the mic. With a ball in your hand, man, you got to sit down because that gets you one mic, maybe no mics in that conversation. So it was just funny to me why I hear cats always shoot. Cats do that to me in football all the time, especially when I play. Oh, I could, I could, I could. You know what you could have done? Exactly what you did. <laughs> you ain't going to make it pro. Love you guys. Just stay in your lane. About to have some fun with this topic right now. I see a few of you guys in the comments is starting to laugh at me because I'm so excited when I call myself a snitch. I was telling you the story yesterday of Jim Trotter, how I was this team snitch in San Diego to him. Look, don't do dirt around me. Um, it's just the way it goes, because uh, if it's me versus you and some jail time, um, I'm not going to choose jail time. So <laughs> it's me versus you. Uh, but I'm not really a snitch. I protect the guilty. My boys know that. But at the same time, if it ain't going to get nobody in trouble, well, I'm going to tell the story. So let's talk about this one right now, because I know y'all seen this video of Megan Thee Stallion. Let's take a look at this right now. I don't know who is on her team. 222, right? That's her jersey number. Got to be the area code out there. But damn, it's a lot of players on that team. It's a lot of players trying to holler at this team. I'll tell you that. That's the MVP right here. And she wearing all white. Every girl wears all white when it's time to go out and hurt them because they know how it fits their body. My wife, every time she put on all white, I'll be like, remember, you're married. <laughs> Going out there like Sierra. So now the cameraman is just winning right now because I know what he up to trying to act like, yeah, I just want to see what the picture looks like from the back. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, whoever's in the control booth, boy, I hope you, I hope you are all right. And <laughs> now getting a little foggy here and she's talking and trying to get her pitch ready. We all know she ain't going to try and throw a strike because it never hits the news when it's a strike. Ah, she throws it high into the outside camera angle side. Oh, did you see that? Did y'all see the glove? We gonna talk about the glove right here, right now. What just happened there? Oh my man, let's break this down. That was a guy by the name of David Hensley. Yeah, I know baseball, nope. Um, David Hensley, first year up in the majors, 27 years young. Um, and wasn't listed as a catcher, right? I don't watch the Astros like that. So I was like, who's this dude? Oh, he listed as a shortstop. 
a first, uh, third baseman, and a second baseman, but not a catcher. And it made me start thinking, oh, man, he understood the assignment and went out there and did it. What was the assignment? Okay, we about to get a little raunchy up in here. You know what just happened right here? This was a teammate's bet. This was somebody, if not the entire team, say, hey, dog, are you a Megan Thee Stallion fan more than all of us? You want your moment? You want your shot? What you mean, what shot? What moment? Hey, dog, go catch the ball for it. And I dare you, I guarantee you this happened. I dare you to go up there and give her a hug or give her a kiss or touch her a little, a little provocatively, right? Something. They was like, dog, go do it. And he was like, I ain't scared. If y'all watch that video, his one arm way up here, like by the two, two, two. <laughs> the other arm just, I don't know if he got dead arm. It just went paralyzed for a second, but it rested right there on that curve. You know, that equator right there, the borderline before, uh-oh, we about to be in trouble. And he put that leather, I mean that glove right there, right? You think he going to the grocery store and gloving the peaches like that? Hell no. Nah. And he was thinking real close in this moment to go there. I was like, ah! Now, this is an old era joke, and this is an old era way. But every now and then, the old ways, man, I see these new cats trying to act like us in the old school. Back when I played, there were a couple things. Uh, we call them the NFL's worst kept secrets that occurred. And I'm going to tell them to you because they already been outed. Whew, thank God. Um, the first one was in Miami. Have you guys heard about in Miami? where I think it was a scandal, I think it blew up finally, uh, where the players would go into the visiting locker room and the cheerleaders would be there getting dressed and undressed and partying and whatever they're doing, pre-game pre flipping, right? Now, y'all may say, oh my God, that's crazy, that's crazy. I'm going to tell y'all, the cheerleaders knew. Like, it was crazy because you would see some of the cheerleaders actually put on this show for the visiting team through the peephole. Why? For distraction purposes. That's what they thought. I guess that's what they were doing. Now, I knew of the whole, but something in me was just like, dog, I ain't standing in line to watch the whole, but I knew of the whole. I never stood in line for that whole. Now, if I were on the witness stand right now, the follow-up question will be, so did you ever go to the hole where there was no line? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Now, let me start. Oh, I did see the hole, and I did look through the hole, and one time I saw somebody moving past, and I was like, damn it, no wonder there's a line, because when there's a line, that's when they're in there showing up, showing out. This is 20-some years ago, statute of limitations. Don't y'all come at me. I'm just telling y'all how it was. Now, so it's crazy, because then you go on the field, and you're like, girls, they was like, Y'all enjoy the show and all that kind of stuff. Hilarious. Crazy. Really went down like that. I don't know how they got it reported. Somebody finally outed it. See, I'm not the only snitch. I told you. I didn't tell that story until it already got outed. There was another one in Philadelphia where there was the same situation where all of a sudden you go in there. It's like, wait a second. What's going on? Now, in Philadelphia, I did get in line. <laughs> yeah, in Philadelphia, I did see. Then you go out there. You're like, what, what, what? Call me what you want. Call me young and dumb as well, but I did it. Now, this one just made me think about it, like, yo, because if I was on the squad, I'd be like, yo, Megan Thee Stallion here, what you gonna do? You gonna holler, whatever, right? And of course the dude, like, there is no chance in hell that was a coincidence hug. You hug your mama like that? Nope. 
You hug your kids like that? Nope. You hug Megan Thee Stallion like that? Hell yeah. <laughs> he tried her. And I don't know if she caught that or not, because you know how it goes. When everybody looking at you, you feel all awkward and you don't want to really show out in that moment and don't want to upstage the dude or really go there on him. You're like, dog. Girls know that when y'all be walking by in the club doing this, excuse me, excuse me, and y'all like in here thrusting, like girls ain't stupid, dog. You perverted, but they ain't stupid. So it just caught me off when I saw dude do this. I was like, he understood the assignment. Wonder if he won that bet, because he did lay it down. He did lay it down. Another thing that makes me think of is so crazy, is that when I was playing, mm, mm, mm. And I, this is a short story, and I'm going to tease y'all because I got to tell y'all the full story. PR for the Buffalo Bills had Bruce Smith and I meet Beyonce and her father after one of their concerts in Buffalo. It was a hilarious conversation and story. But right now, I just want to tease y'all with that one to let you know. Sometimes it comes from the top, and sometimes it just comes from this, and sometimes it comes from those teammates who out there, dog, I got a thousand on you. I dare you to go do it. Tell me if I'm wrong in this one. About to get suckered into one of these, into one of those rankings. God, I love them. Every time. I like anything when it gets to like just some poll or rankings. Top five MCs. I'm oh damn. I was going to change the kid's diaper, but oh well. <laughs> it's time to go over here. Do I agree with the top five or not? And it's so crazy because... It's such a subjective experience. So why do we even bother? Like whoever even wrote this and I'm about to go through this list. It's the top eight from BR Gridiron, right? It's still a person like you can get lost in thinking it's an entity or like, oh my God, it was their IG account. So it's more official. Now nah, it was some dude who was like, what y'all think? Y'all agree? No. Nah, all right. Whatever. Here we go. I got to do my work for the day. So let's start off with what they have at number eight. Justin Herbert and Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, talking about that combination right there. You already know Justin Herbert is top five in this league. And don't push back. I hear y'all right now. What has he done in the playoffs? But, but, but lose a big lead. Uh, look, look, dog. I thought it was the ultimate team game. And it is when you're saying something to little kids at the youth game. But then when you're watching it, all of a sudden, oh, if he was a better quarterback, he would have won. Well, He's going against their defense. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was going against his defense. Let's just say that Justin Herbert's defense let him down. But in this conversation, it's crazy because Mike Williams can go get it. But Justin Herbert, oh, silly with the arm talent. Next level, big and his mobile. Number seven, Tua. You say his last name, not me, damn it. And Tyreek Hill, Cheetah. I like that one right there. Obviously, some injuries with Tua. Uh, brings this maybe a little lower in ranking because Tyreek Hills certainly is trying to take it up the mountain in terms of his talents. The dude really can run all routes. Now, he's known for running that fly route, running that comeback, running the digs, etc. But Tyreek Hill, he ain't scared. So don't, don't slip on Tyreek Hill. But I think two is bringing that ranking down a little bit. Number six, Dak Prescott. And C.D. Lamb. Woo, y'all try, try to sneak this on C.D. Lamb before last year. I was listening. Oh, man, he wanted to be the number one. Oh, they got rid of Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb can't do it. And I was always like, dog, C.D. Lamb better than Amari Cooper already. You know, and I know that Amari Cooper still went out there and balled. I wasn't a diss. It's like C.D. Lamb is ready to be the number one. And yes, he was. Dak Prescott, and, you know, a few of those passes errant, but most of them drops. 
Uh, most of them deflections like Dak's going to be fine in the turnover category. But I like this one right here. But if I had to say one of them hold him back, Dak, <laughs> you holding your boy back a little bit. Number five, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. What can you say right here? I mean, it's solid. You might want to say, can you bump it up a little bit? bit? But uh, Jalen Hurts, I think it's still an unknown out there for Jalen Hurts. Can he respond to this level of greatness? I think that's what's suspect because I don't understand why else uh, A.J. Brown and the beast of a year he had first year together, first year in sync together. Uh, maybe should have been a little bit higher, but they all can't be higher. Oh, now I know why. <laughs> Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Woo, Cooper Cup is silly, y'all. One thing about Cooper Cup y'all don't get on TV, he's bigger than you think. Like, everybody's, you know, y'all don't judge him. Don't let the paint job fool you either. And people have gotten past that. Y'all know Christian McCaffrey, don't let the paint job fool you. Cooper Cup, don't let the paint job fool you. But what also fools people is, damn, he's bigger than I thought. Cooper Cup, like 6'2", 220 for real? Like, he got some size to him. And when he run up on them dudes, they realize it real fast. But Matthew Stafford, I talked to him before the year last year, told me he wasn't healthy. Told the world he wasn't healthy. His performance showed that he wasn't healthy. He ain't get right last year. Let's see if they rebound. Probably should be a little lower. Let's be real. Number three, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, no holes in this one. <laughs> you know, I used to be a little suspect of Joe Burrow because the injury, the knee, and sometimes I thought that it was more attitude than actual performance. I was like, y'all falling in love with this dude, but is he really that great? Oh, he shut me up last year. <laughs> this dude is silly. Um, it's interesting. I'm going to ask a question at the end of this. Who's better, him, my boy Josh Allen, who I haven't seen yet, mm, or my boy Herbie, Justin Herbert. Speaking of Josh Allen, number two, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Damn, that's two? That's two? Guess who's number one already? It should be this. No, Diggs be digging. And they in Buffalo going at it with Josh Allen? Come on, man. Dude could throw it from end zone to end zone. Had some issues last year at times. They put too much of the offense on them. I know that from coaching now, especially my little ones even. Like, dog, you got to use them as a decoy sometime. It can't all run through quarterback, through the arm talent he has, but also through his legs. Like, you got to be able to play different styles or else you shrink the field and you also make it easier to defend because we know it's all got to go through him. So I think that they did him a little disservice, but that's what happens when you lose Brian Daybow. You lose your offensive coordinator and he goes somewhere else. Takes a second to adjust. So who's number one? Hmm. Hmm. What? I mean, I believe in half of this, most of this, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Minnesota Vikings, should I get up and gritty right now? I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Dude out there setting marks and setting records on Randy Moss. Like, he is literally doing more earlier in his career than even Randy Moss. That's hard to believe, but he out there tilting. And Kirk Cousins, give him some respect, I guess, you know. It's a production business, and he is putting up the numbers. Justin Jefferson does not catch the ball without Kirk Cousins putting it there, right? So for whatever we think of Kirk Cousins, we got to give him some props because we know what we think of Justin Jefferson next level. But wow, Kirk Cousins, of all those quarterbacks, him and Dak maybe, Tua, are ranked probably the worst of those. But his receiver, the number one, is he that much better than Jamar Chase? Is he that much better than Stephon Diggs? I don't know. 
Oh, man, I played with some great quarterbacks. Jim Kelly retired right before I got to Buffalo. Damn it. Played with Drew Brees. Even caught a glimpse of Vinny Testaverde. That was amazing. Got a little Byron Leftwich in there. David Garrard had some good quarterbacks. Uh, some guys that were some beasts, too, at receiver. Andre Reid, Eric Mose. Please Google Eric Mose. Please look at highlights of Eric Mose. The dude was silly. Seems forgotten in NFL history books, but the boy was bad. And, of course, David Boston caught him with all the guns and the stuff as well. Curtis Conway, I could keep going on and on. Tell me if y'all agree with that list or y'all kind of a little suspect a couple of those picks just like I was. It's time to get into this one because KD, my favorite player, but y'all know me. I can be objective, and I will be objective about this one. But, boy, oh, KD, finally someone said it. Kevin Durant was talking about his legacy, right? And I know that people have their issues with Kevin Durant, so it seems like before he even opens his mouth, a lot of people always want to come at him because he has shown that he actually cares about what others say about him, right? He cares about being the guy on Twitter and checking everybody, right? I get it. So y'all now think since he's sensitive, you call that sensitive, even though he's like, you throw a shot at me, I'm going to throw one back at you. I think that is actually just returning fire. Let's talk about what he had to say. KD on his NBA legacy. Quote, I don't care about legacy. I truly just want to go out there and produce. Be the best that I could be. Go home. Hang with my family. That's it. Oh, man. Woo! We going to talk about that. Because I know right now, eye rolls. If I could see through this camera, through y'all screen, to y'all faces, I could just see eye rolls in the millions. I know it. I know how y'all rolling. And it must be true because here's some of the fan reaction I already saw. Quote, then why is he on Twitter 24-7 defending his legacy, girl? And quit ring chasing then. Okay, let's talk about that. All right, Kevin Durant. And let's just start with, I think, what most people use against him. That whole... Twitter chase like why are you always responding to kids to anybody who says something to you it seems like right all right let's separate the real from the fake in this conversation one way to approach social media is trying to fact check people you ever been there or you ever seen somebody do that that's not what it is he didn't say that that's not true right someone could go through social media and their experience and a lot of times just ride the road of fact checking but that's not Kevin Durant and this is the issue with Kevin Durant. This is a problem with Kevin Durant, I think. Kevin Durant's not going out there trying to fact check. He's out there trying to get, a people, get people's opinions straight. And that's the problem. Actually, it's the never-ending problem. When you're trying to get people straight on the facts, that's one thing. Because that's an objective answer. We know. But when you're out there trying to get people's opinions straight, like, hey, 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 y'all talking wrong about this. That's how they feel, KD, so they gonna say how they feel. And that's why I think we miss each other when I'm talking about looking at Kevin Durant in this conversation and looking at his critics. We, all of us, miss each other. Because y'all out there saying my opinion and KD trying to correct y'all opinion as if it's a fact. Mm, let's get there. Now, 
great athletes, and I've heard this before, and I'm glad KD said it because I feel this way, but I wasn't great enough of an athlete for y'all to really believe me. Yeah, Riley, that's why you didn't play as well. Yeah, Riley, that's why you didn't win a Super Bowl because you thought that way. I'm like, nah, dog, I wasn't the only one, but I'm the one that's not scared to say it. Now, some of those other guys who do have legacies to protect, they ain't going to say this, but KD don't give a damn. So KD like, look, I don't care. Great athletes can play for themselves and not the court of public opinion. Let's just be real. Like, do you go to your job and do you play in anything in your world that you're doing it just for other people to respect and regard or just for you? Hmm. Do you go to work for you? Or do you go to work for everybody else to judge what you do? Oh, what I do, no one else knows. That's not the point. The point is this. What you're doing, are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for others? Let's just start there. I know a lot of y'all eye rollers starting to feel a little guilty here. Y'all really think everyone plays for legacy. And y'all know what legacy truly is. Like if we really want to say what legacy is in a simple form, it's what Other people think of your work or think of you when you're retired or when you're dead. And how much does that matter? (laughs) For real. Like, oh, I'm done playing ball. Now, let me hit it up. Equal sign. What do they think of me? (laughs) Oh, I'm done. Uh, Oh, no, I'm 98. (sighs) Rest in peace. What do they think of me? Dog, you gone. Like, what does it matter? I swear I used to be in the locker room as cats. Like, man, I'm here for the money. I'm here to ball out. I'm here to dominate the dude in front of me. I ain't here so the court of public opinion and all these fans could tell me how good, bad, or ugly I was. That didn't register with those guys. But that wasn't everybody. There was an argument in there. Oh, dog, what you doing it for if you don't care what everybody thinks about you? I'm like, because sometimes they get it wrong in terms of what they think about you, right? Kevin Durant is the top 15 player. Top 10, if you really want to make an argument, you can He doesn't get that kind of respect, right? He doesn't get that type of respect. Barkley comes at his neck. Barkley hasn't won. Barkley's not higher ranked than Kevin Durant, but still he could come at his neck and y'all allow it because y'all don't like Kevin Durant. So here go KD trying to get y'all opinion straight. Y'all acting like those are facts. Which way do we go with this? And I'm looking at it because I remember I told you the story how Shannon Sharp told me the game is just about M&Ms, money and memories, right? I don't see an L in those M's. (laughs) I don't see legacy. I see money and memories, your memories, not the memories of others that you could never fully feel or account for. So why do you care for it? I think that we are getting lost in this word legacy and how the lines are blurred between real life legacy and a sports legacy, right? Because a sports legacy gets you caught up in arguments at the barbershop all day. Better. Barry Sanders and Emma Smith. Oh my God. We're going to have that conversation, right? We're going to have that argument. But if you're Barry Sanders or if you're Emmett Smith, do you care? Like, you know you're great. Do you care if you are one or two? You can say you do, but did you play like you had to be one or two? Yeah, against that guy that's across from me, but not for the fan who's getting his fade on Saturday at 9 a.m to make sure that I am greater than Emmett Smith or vice versa. So I think we're conflating all of this, the fan conversation and experience versus the actual player's experience versus just being in the 
game of competition against somebody else. I think that what Kevin Durant is saying is, I'm going to give it my damnness, my all. I'm always trying to win. I have won. What you mean? Multiple times. I'm always trying to give you my best version of me. But I am not going home and letting y'all hit the conclusion equal sign and telling me what y'all think over what I think and what I feel. We can't clap that one up. Even golf clap that one. Like we out here really living for the likes. We're living for their respect. But what about yours? The dude said he literally wants to just ball and go home and kick it. (laughs) And people are upset. What do you mean you want to go home and kick it? You don't care what I think about you? Nah, B. (laughs) Not really. Oh, when I'm retired, I really care? Nah, B. I don't. What about when I'm dead? Nah, B. I really don't. And I'm with KD on this one, man. My definition of legacy is just to have impact on those around me, right? I, my goal of legacy is this. You know that voice in your head from grandma, the voice in the head from me, my mom, people who are not here any longer, right? That's legacy to me, like those voices, that voice of reason, that voice of inspiration. I mean, it could be anything. It could be, hey, my name is on that building. That's legacy to me. A lot of people like that. Brick and mortar, I'm here forever. Yeah, until they tear down the building because it looks too old in 20 years and they build another one, right? There goes your legacy. Um, What is it? Oh, I'm always in the history books. Don't we hear arguments all the time of what's in and what's out of a history book? That could include your ass. Don't think that since, oh, I'm always in the history books. Not everybody always in the history books, right? People, they revise those books. So are you living to be in a history book when you're gone? What is legacy, right? I swear we got to get simpler with this. We just got to get back to the basics and then don't get mad at somebody who is great, who is also still in touch with the basics. Y'all always walk around as celebrities and athletes and get surprised when someone is down to earth. Like that's the, that's the most backhanded compliment in the world. And I hear it a lot. You're so down to earth. I know what you're trying to say. And that's why I don't clown. You're trying to say, dog, you haven't forgotten who you are or where you're from or the fundamentals of life. You're not caught up. You're not Hollywood. Well, Kevin Durant doesn't sound caught up. Doesn't sound Hollywood to me. Sounds like a dude who is just a tremendous hooper, top 15 all time, who's just like, yeah, 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 I understand it's a big business. Yeah, 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 I understand you got my jersey. Yeah, 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 I know y'all care about the fanfare. But Willie, all I care about is this, going home and kicking it with my family. And by the way, if you try to insult me, I'm going to return the insult or I'm going to check you at the end. So what's wrong with that? To me, it sounds legit. Sounds like a normal person. So I just want y'all to understand one more thing about the athletic experience. No matter how good or how bad you are, your circle thinks you're the shit. Let me just tell you that. (laughs) Cause I've been high. I've been to do with billboards. I've been the dude who was ranked top 50 a couple of times and big contracts and got the Rari and all. I've been that dude. I've been that dude, right? And guess what? When I wasn't that guy, when I was, when you fall off, Jacksonville, Dallas, when you fall off, when, when you're that guy, my circle still thought I was the shit. Now, maybe y'all can say, because you're paying their bills, <laughs> part of it. Uh, but also, you know what I learned about it? That critics are cowards in real life. They are cowards and they don't confront you. Somebody could be clowning you on Twitter, see you in real life, want a picture. 
Somebody be clowning you on Twitter. See you in real life, want an autograph, right? Critics are cowards and don't confront you in real life. So imagine what your circle was telling you. Dog, you good. Dog, who tripping? Dog, you had an off night. Like they always going to pump you up. So Kevin Durant in his world, trust me, as great as he is, is not hearing this negativity. So when y'all come at him, he like, what? One, that's not normal. And two, that's not right. Y'all don't want the dude to correct that? To each his own. And I'm glad that he is owning at least his experience, his legacy. All right, y'all. It's time to end the show with what a wildism. Dog, I nailed that one. Woo! Little Luther in here. Little Luther. Not Big Luther. Big Luther. Oh, oh I got a record contract then. All right, y'all. Let's get into this wildism right here. Competence ain't confidential. Woo! Say it again, Wiley. Competence ain't confidential. Like if you can do something, trust me, you can't hide it. People going to find out. They going to find where you are and they going to try and ride with that talent. You know what made me think of this? Oh man. Everybody going to know if you could do something. My Columbia experience and why I wasn't scared to go to Columbia. Frankly, I never put it in this short, concise a form and said competence ain't confidential, but I did feel this. Jerry Rice gave me some inspiration. Walter Payton gave me inspiration. Guys that went to small schools that I knew that were big time. I was like, dog, if you good, they're going to come find you. Competence ain't confidential. Like, if you balling, Marcellus, even at an Ivy League school, even at the quote-unquote worst football school in terms of reputation in the history of college football, until Prairie View, A&M took it. <laughs> um, whoa, with that 44-game losing streak we had. Even there... Dog, if you good, they're going to come find you because competence ain't confidential. I was like, yep. Oh, man. And this also can be flipped. For all y'all who say, man, coach is tripping, dog. He won't let me burn. He won't let me play. He won't give me run. For all y'all out there, right? Oh, man, they couldn't find me, man. I went to that small school and nobody even, they ain't even recruit me, man. They ain't even recruit me to go to college or the pros weren't looking at me, homie. For all y'all out there, I hate to be the one. I hate to be this mirror, but actually I don't. <sighs> this is a flip too as well. Some of that is on you. If not, all of that is on you. It is a you problem. You got to shine. And trust me, if it's dark, if you had a lowly place, a dark place where no one has discovered, right? And then all of a sudden they looking and they looking for you. It's easy to find some light in the darkness, ain't it? Right? Isn't it? If you if you balling out of control, but nothing else is there, so it's dark, desolate, and you bright. Sound to me like it's easier to find you, not harder. So, competence ain't confidential. If you doing it, they gonna come find you, whatever you want. But also, if you <laughs> if you are not found, ooh, get in that mirror. Don't look out that window. Maybe. That's a you problem. All right, that's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, that dude. Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcellus Wiley. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All what I got. 182 of them. (laughs) Something crazy. 
<clears throat> I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. Go. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.